welcome back to another week on the Work Report. I am joined this week by Luke Rock and our special guest, who is responsible for so many of my financial mistakes, and Luke as well. Justin, how are we all doing today? Hello. Did I, you hear? Did you hear Work Report? Because it's because it's like Work Report. <laughs> no, I think you're just deaf. Uh, no, I am dead. But yeah. Anyway, cheese, calm down, Nick. Sing a little, a little joke here. Hello, welcome. Hello. 40k anyway. is work. Yeah, 40k is work. It is. So do we, it's life. <gasps> That's right. No. It has become Got a, one of them. Anyway. What? Thanks for joining us today, hey. uh, Justin. <laughs> as I mentioned in the last files, uh, one of the many problems I have and many regrets I have in life is spending a lot of money from Nottingham Warhammer and now magic, thanks to you. So hello, welcome. Um, I, I, I welcome you, but my wallet does not. So please move along. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yes. Uh, As we said, I got 99 problems, and Justin is at least 42 of them. Ooh. Responsible for them. Responsible for them, because most of them have to do with the unpainted models and unsorted cards in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Like I said. I'm not going to be happy until I'm at least 100% your problems. <laughs> hey, yeah. we, can, we can make that thing. happen. Ambition is a thing. It'd be like that. Anyway, welcome for yeah, Justin, and thanks uh, for joining us. Yeah, it's Justin, a pleasure to be here. Uh, for those, welcome. For those of you welcome. that don't know you, that don't know who you are, maybe have just seen you around in the chat, uh, introduce yourself to us for our lovely listeners. Well, um, one of the original... Uh, people that help start essentially the 40k community here that we have currently now i think uh when i first came to korea um it was really just me meeting sue for the first time and then working with him starting up the cacao group and then just it blowing up from there um when like i've been a 40k player for quite a bit of time um i started back in third edition when the black templar and drukari box well back then called dark eldar uh box came out so that's when i first got started uh, i've been playing on and off since then but i really didn't sink my teeth in the 40k like pretty regularly until about fifth edition and that was mm -hmm. about the time when i Finished college, got a steady job, and an actual like disposable income, and been playing since then. And then, um, in terms of living in Korea, uh, I've been here since 2015. Um, I work at a biotech company here in the Songdo area. Um, currently, they're director of small scale manufacturing for clinical and commercial. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to help you guys with the whole COVID thing. So. <laughs> and we are truly thankful and appreciate what you're doing especially now that Korea finally caught up with everybody I think most of the countries are already in the third shot but uh, yeah I think that is also part of your reason why you know pumping all the vaccines and working on that maximum effort mm -hmm. yes well yes. Uh, picking up on I think we already mentioned this a lot of times in the past in the previous podcast especially when we talk about like who influenced us what and who brought us in here? Uh, like uh, Justin mentioned, uh, at the beginning, the very early stages of the 40 Korea stuff, uh, I remember him adjusting outside, uh, sorry, in in a, in a Warhammer club where he was playing some games with his Raven card. And mm -hmm. I went there just to watch because I wanted to play Warhammer. I had no idea. I had, only had five Reavers. That was on my army. Five Reavers and five Tau that I hated it. Because hey hate Tau. Yes, especially now. And uh, I ended up talking with him, and they said, hey, when I go for a cigarette, smoking is bad. Uh, and we ended up going outside, and that cigarette turned into, like, 20. And those 20 became, like, three hours. We started talking stuff about the lore game and stuff. And then he said, let's play again a game. I was like, yeah, we'd love to. Just don't have enough models, so let's play Kill Team. And then he just looked at me dead in the eye. He said, don't worry about that. Like, okay. Uh, fast forward a week later. Um... We meet again. We were playing. We were gonna. We couldn't find a place to play, so we ended up renting like a table in a Borgen cafe. I remember and, that. Yeah. Yeah, and the man shows up and like, here, here's your stuff. He just gives me a box of Ghana chocolate, empty. I open the box and I see <laughs> a Space Marines. 
a full Dark Imperium box set. He said, yeah, everything is there except the Ancient. So you can keep it. They're like, dude, yeah, I can't keep it. This is too much. This is way too expensive. You can't just give away that box like that for free. And he just looked at me and said, look, if I don't give it to you, my wife is going to throw it away. So just take it. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to know something hilarious, piggybacking off that story. Tonight, I mentioned to Justin, hey, I really like dragons. I want to try making a dragon commander because I've just always liked dragons. He looks dead at me, opens up his commander box, pulls out Ur Dragon and hands it to me and says, there's your commander. <laughs> which ur dragon is like a 50 dollar card he's like ah, i got the secret i got the secret lair uh drop one so i'll just use that one instead i'm like bro what <laughs> yeah he is like that yeah. and recently he gifted the entire web report gang uh special dice yeah thank you very much yes. for the dice thank you. Oh, yeah. i That's picked it up wrong. last week uh when i met remy and uh, much appreciated especially the old dark dice is very beautiful another yeah. great gesture from you justin yeah, it was just a Which... gesture to you guys for like the work that you guys have been doing as part of the community um, for like Rock and Rachel and Luke and Nick, like being able to put out the podcast pretty much almost on a pretty consistent weekly basis and then just keeping the community alive. And it was just kind of a small gesture and being from like, because I come back from a Filipino background, so it's all about like our kind of mentality is all about giving and not taking. So that's kind of been ingrained into my personality where um, if we talk a lot to my friends, like they usually say pretty much a lot of the same things that you guys are saying. Like, and for me, it's, it's kind of like karma. Like I don't expect anything in return, but I know down the road that it'll just work out in the end and balance itself out. Yep. 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 Man. As I mentioned before, uh, when this situation, and this is no lie, uh, back in 2020, before I got into 40k, I was you know I was job hunting, and Corona it was it was it's exhausting, something very taxing mainly, and uh, I was seeing a roadblock, and uh, surprisingly, with all suddenly I got all these space marines, I had to start painting. It really helped me to ease the, let's say the burden you have mentally when it comes to taxing when you're working on stuff. And you know, keep your soul this yeah. focused. And my goodness, uh, every kind, everything kind of worked out in the end. So I'm not gonna wood. Hopefully, it still keeps going. But here we are now, uh, almost more than one year later. More, uh, it's gonna be more than yeah, it's gonna be more than two yeah. years now. Years later. The, I mean, the real mastermind behind the Forty Korea socials is Justin, because I've been sitting at his uh, dinner table over a drink or cards or a dinner more than once, being like, "Dude, what am I doing?" <laughs> what have I signed up for? You're slowly becoming um, part of the family. What you see? <laughs> dude, I was gonna say, uh, um, honestly, I feel like I'm there enough that uh, his daughter is starting to think that. <laughs> You're becoming the grunkle. Indeed. You, you, grunkle the, the, Nick. The, the term uncle is becoming more and more real, right? That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She calls me uncle and it's just becoming more and more real every time. <laughs> oh, that's cute. That's cute. That's cute. Yeah. That's adorable. Um, but like, yeah, because I, uh, as I say, actually funny enough, even just tonight, I was like, oh, I'm just going to stop by Justin's and I'm going to grab uh, the cards for you, Luke. Because mm -hmm. um, we're going to see each other. And he's like, hey, can you show me how to use OBS? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I said hi to the mother-in-law and I went off and then uh, mother-in-law pokes her head in and in Korean says, do you want to stay for dinner? And I'm like, mm. uh, am I? And I looked at Justin, I'm like, I don't think I'm allowed to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever the nice Korean woman says, would you like some of the food I made? You say, yes, ma'am. <laughs> you don't ask Yes, questions. I would love some. That is the Korean <laughs> exactly. way. Well the, elder, well, the elderly, like, when they offer you food, you just got to sit there and just enjoy the food. That's how it Take goes. Take it like a man. Oh, and I mean, it was fish soup. It was amazing. All right. So, like, I am not at all complaining, but I feel like I eat too much of Justin's food. <laughs> no, we, we, it's family style, so there's always more food. <laughs> Especially me being yeah, Filipino, just, it's all we we give food. Oh my god! Like I remember in all the time, like, like every Friday would be like the siblings coming over, and like they like there's a feast most of the time. 
Yeah, I I showed up. I showed up one time to Justin's. I'm like, oh no, I uh, I you know went out for pink suit with some buddies before I got here, and I saw that's one of the few times I've seen like genuine concern on both your wife and your face. You're like, what do you mean Nick's not hungry? This is not normal. <laughs> but no, that was during the time when I was working like 60, 70 hours a week. So like if I had time, if I was eating, it was so little because I was literally too tired to chew. <laughs> I, I've been in those situations too. I've worked in the early parts of my career. Those, those were commonplace. Yeah. Let's say I started my second job today and just even said, you worked hard today. You're not talking. <laughs> I'm like, I'm saving my energy for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting it was very thing. strange to see a very quiet Nick. What's quiet Nick? That's what everyone says. Oh so, yeah, I know, right? So what you're saying is like, when Nick is quiet, there are only two possible scenarios. One, he's tired from work. Number two, he did something bad and he's not saying anything. I'm like I'm like a dog. If I'm not talking, I'm either hungry, tired, or I did something. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> no. Uh, nothing yet. Nothing yet. Yes. Nothing yet. I'm, yes. just, nothing I'm just tired. I'm just tired. That's all. <laughs> but um Yeah, it's uh Definitely. And, you know, we will see, be seeing uh, Justin more in the future for sure, because we have some uh, plans in the works that Justin is a very big part of. So he will be showing up in the future for sure on more stuff that we do. Yeah. Stay tuned but, for that. That is something that uh, I am slowly working with Nick in the backgrounds uh, to hopefully we can try to make happen uh, within the next few months. Any 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 spoilers? Any hits up? Um, yeah, I, I think I can talk a little loop? bit about it. Uh, I think I can talk a little bit about it. Um, yeah. We are working on some more content for YouTube outside of just like these episodes and maybe some Twitch vods. We're looking mm. at getting some actual YouTube content out. Yeah. So, so cool. we're uh, gathering the gear. Um, working out I'm the logistics. On a limited budget. The logistics are a thing. Uh, um, learning how to do certain things is a thing. Because <laughs> this is yes. stuff that I'm, like I said, I literally have never used OBS before. So this is a new right. skill set. Um, I like computers, but software hates me. So I'm more of a hardware guy. So. Yeah. <laughs> the hardware. Yeah. I'm a, uh, yeah, I really. I'm really excited to get it done, but uh, at the current moment, moment we have a uh, lovely landlady that we have to uh, negotiate with <laughs> uh, whenever we want to get stuff done, as well as two uh, rather rambunctious tenants. Well, one's rambunctious, one's loud. I think I might have <laughs> solved that because um, me and my uh, wife, we were touring like some of the facilities here in my complex, apartment complex. And I think I found a place for us to be able to do some of the stuff that we're thinking about. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a new development. But it's going to be very fun. It's going to be very uh, loud. And I'm going to try to make it a very something unique to Korea, something, you know, dumb that we can do. What is um, this? Because you know me, I love my dumb ideas. Um. I may, uh, I'm thinking about doing a stream, maybe one of these days doing a stream, just, uh, um, uh, trying to paint, uh, a completely custom printed army. Um, I'm not copying GW's files. Don't sue me. I just want to make my own. Yeah. I want to use my own stuff. So, cause I like their stuff, but like witch elves, they look too old compared to the rest of the army. Right. Most of the, it's the daughters of Cain I'm working on. Most of those models look really nice, but the elf models, like the hag queen, the witch elves, the sisters of slaughter look really old. I don't know why, if they are old kits or if, you know, they just got a bad redo. Yeah. But I'm looking to try and update them. Like are they the original kits from like when fantasy was still a thing or did they get updated? I feel like they are because in the last daughters of Cain book, um, which was second edition, 
their big update was Marathi Kane. And that was uh, all the, was like half there. snake girls. Yeah, that's uh that was those ones came around in first edition. Okay. With the daughters of Cain going from the Dark Elves separating into the daughters of Cain. Mm. Um, you know, uh separating from Malekith and all that. Can you actually use that in 40k or just strictly like no. fantasy or they're a Sigmar army. Okay. Strictly Sigmar. Because like uh, it's demons, so yeah. I was like like thinking like oh. No, they're not. They're not. Oh, okay. They're dark elves. They they're actually elves. hate demons. Uh, oh, okay. Yes, they're actually order. They're actually, even though they're incredibly violent, All right. they are part of the um the the alliance of order, uh-huh. which because is because they hate chaos. Because Marathi was imprisoned inside of Slanesh, got out, and then Im- imprisoned Slanesh back. What? Um, and uh, Nagash could see through her like her the big snake lady's her natural form after being corrupted by Slanesh, uh, which she hates. So she goes back to her form that fantasy players are used to. You know, the the elf queen. Right. Not um, the, Nagash can see through it. Whatever. She looks normal. Nagash can sit can see through it and he made a comment about it and needled under her skin till she lost control of the uh illusion. And showed off that she is actually a 40-foot-tall snake woman. Um, and she has never forgiven Nagash for it. So she hates death as well. Because she's never forgiven Nagash for that public uh, insult. Who doesn't hate death? Like, it's almost like, I want to live! <laughs> uh, destruction doesn't hate him. Chaos really has nothing to do with him. It's just Marathi herself. Hates her because she hates Nagash in particular. Yeah, Um, there's a whole thing and we could do a whole episode on the Daughters of Cain. Um, I find them very, very interesting. Uh, Marathi's story is it's like your Disney villain backstory sometimes where it's very dark, but it's also at some points it's it's sad. Uh You you Um, feel a lot of sympathy for her for like the stuff that she had to go through. And you're like, well, she made a murder cult. Well, you look at what she had to go through. It was kind of the best option at the time. And then she just has kind of run with it. And now she has the heart of a god. So, you know. But yeah, that's. Yeah, it's a. But no, I think Age of Sigmar is starting to come into its own. And the daughters are getting a new book in spring. So that could be anywhere from now until June. Really? Over sometime over the next three months. Right, but we should I, get a. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. Age of Sigmar is going on like the age. Oh, at like the era of like the end or something. Like I don't know. Like yeah. it's post it's the end times. It's the aftermath. Right. It's the aftermath of the end times. It's the age of Sigmar. Uh, it, shocker! I know. I know. Yeah, because <laughs> Yeah, the previous world essentially imploded. And the new world is what Age of Sigmar is now, oh, with no. kind of reimaginings and like evolutions of some of the uh, old world characters. I see. Right, like Sigmar went from being just a god, or from being a nor- a very powerful man. Right. He ascended to godhood, which is why we are in the age of Sigmar. Yeah, because Sigmar is like the big god right now because oh. he's the new one. Wait, so if they wait, so Sigmar is like. He became a god or something. Can he like? Does he have a like presence in the warp or something? Uh, yes, but in Age of Sigmar, the warp is not really messed with too much. Uh, okay. um, it's more chaos just a, is a much bigger threat. Really? Yeah, the warp yeah, is like known. Yeah, but yeah, mo- most of the chaos stuff you'll see in the Northlands in the wastes uh-huh. where the Norska are. That's where chaos hangs out because there's a tear in the warp up there. Oh. Think of like a eye of terror. Uh, eye of terror. It's a tear in the warp up north. Oh god! And um, they yeah they uh, that's where all the demons come in. If you play Total War, uh-huh. that's where all the chaos factions start. They all start in the north. Oh okay. Yeah, for me, yeah. like Age of Sigmar, like I'm not necessarily a big fan of it because I was more of a bigger fan of the old world stuff, uh-huh. but. At the same time, I do 
like the fact that their story is actually moving forward and it evolves. Mm. Unlike with 40K, like we're always stuck in that like minute before midnight type of scenario. And right. it's it's a lot of rehashing of a lot of stuff. So like Nakamoon, like we're back at Vigilus again. It's essentially the new Kadia, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, I agree. And I hate that because it's just you're just reskinning an old story. I'm like, I can understand like, yeah, we can keep it at a minute to midnight, but the universe in 40K is so vast. We can hit a lot of the different type of um, war zones and expand on different things like have Necrons versus Tyranids and have a storyline versus that. And like, maybe have death watch that's in there like sprinkling in to like mess with both sides we can even hit back with some of the nostalgia stuff but it seems like we're always going back to the nostalgia stuff or just reskinning a lot of the current like storyline it's like it's gw reskinning the stuff that's sold gw reskinning stuff that's sold <laughs> They would never do that with Primaris lieutenants. <laughs> wow. We're long overdue for a Primaris lieutenant, though. Yeah, I don't know you guys, but I think we need a new one. I don't, I don't want my new one until he comes with the Primaris lieutenant army of renown. <laughs> where I can I'll run, where I can run all lieutenants with my warlord being Kato Sicarius. Oh, I like Kato Sicarius. Nobody likes Kato Sicarius. Ultraman <laughs> players don't like Kato Sicarius. <laughs> Kato Sicarius likes it. Yeah. Everybody like, hates him. Yeah. Even Kato Sicarius hates him. But even though they've been trying to like fix him in the later, in later latest books, I heard that they. Oh. Okay. Been, he's been he's been kind of groomed into being a not the usual monster that he is. Uh huh. Just for the purposes like uh, he's gonna take over of Kalgar. So they've been kind of hinting that Kalgar is going to, you know, or die or something. Oh, and he's going to take it. They've been hinting on that. But I don't know. The Probably Papa, Justin knows better than me. Does Papa Sparks going to die? Damn. If, yeah, if it's, it was, it's been hinted. If it was me, personally, mm-hmm. to make it a little bit more intriguing, because Kato wants to be the chapter master. I mean, yeah. Yes. I would personally love to see the interaction that he gets bypassed and somebody else becomes a chapter master over him. Oh, damn. <laughs> the twist. <laughs> That'd be good. Titus. Yeah. Titus. Uh, what's, his, what's his name? Uh, Captain Zuckerberg. The guy whose model looks like Mark Zuckerberg. What? Oil Ventress. Oil Ventress. Don't talk anything yeah. about Ventress. That's Justin's very character, man. You're getting to the, you're getting to the thin ice hey, over no, there. I'm, uh, the thing is, I'm going after his model because they ruined him. He looks like Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's okay. Like, realistically, like, because you have Agamemnon, who's the captain of the first company. You have Cato, technically, who's the captain of the second company, but um, and then you have Ventress, who's the captain of the fourth company. And then you have like the video game Titus. So I'm actually really excited for Space Marine 2. Yeah. And to see where that story yes. went with, with Titus. And hopefully it, what I'm hoping for is they kind of fold his story into the main 40 K canon. Cause like Same. when they made it before it was like kind of its own thing, but I'm kind of hoping that they work with GW to be actually saying like, no, he is he is part of the storyline now. And if they do that, I really want either Titus or Ventress to like bypass Sicarius to become the chapter master. That that would be great. That would be awesome. That because would that would add so much like entry because Kato wants it. And then if he ever gets bypassed because of it, that could like lead into like some either loyalist and like maybe some chaoticness with Sicarius because again he's very prideful and mm-hmm. that's something that I would because space marines are prideful but like especially with the ultramans because they see themselves as very honorable but Kato's was to the point where he was like he had a super high ego mm-hmm. the and then, he's the most ultra of all the ultramarines <laughs> yeah and that could be something that like could be played into in terms of like a very like intrigue and backstabbing and maybe even like a heel turn into like 
going like, why did I get bypassed? And like chaos gods can like seep into that kind of like with what happened with uh, Johnson and uh, Lothar. Wait, Lionel Johnson's chaos? Like what? I thought he, I no. thought he just disappeared or something. Like no, different, different character. Oh, okay. Different character. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of our favorite boys in blue, though, Justin, I know you have a lovely um, horse heresy army with the superior Gilliman model. Yes, yes, I do. Chad Gilliman? Uh, yeah. He's one um, of my 30k armies. Um, I actually have two 30k armies, which is uh, my 30k Ultramines, which is the one that I started first. Um, was super excited when it came out. Um, because Ultramarines was the very first army that I played in 40k. And then the Horus Heresy was always was something all of that, us. that intrigued me. Yeah, I think all of us started on Ultramarines. Or at least uh, you, I started on Ultramarines. So, since we and, are in... Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go on, go on, go on. <laughs> no, but, no, but. I was saying, uh, Luke, you started on Ultramarines. I started, I started on Ultramarines. And I guess now, uh, just we know Justin started on ultras. Yeah, the only person here that didn't start on ultras was uh, Rock. Yes. Um, yes. Shame. What, what the heck is that supposed to mean? It means exactly what it says. It means Jesus. he started with the army that he wanted. Yeah. We started with the armies Actually, that we were just introduced to. Funny enough, uh, in college, whenever I got in, really, like, really got into forty k, uh, when I was about eighteen. Funny enough, um, I was doing, uh, uh, I was playing Ultramarines against Necrons. Oh. Funny hmm. enough. And that's Nef- how I fell into the Necrons back in seventh. Because back then, you remember my- the insta kill rule, Justin? Yeah. If you were, um, if, double, dub- if the dub- strength was double your toughness, you insta died. Didn't matter how many wins you had. That's funky. <laughs> Yeah, what? there's only one army that could completely shirk and survive insta death. And it uh, it annoyed my friend, my uh, buddy I played with so much that uh, I wanted to play Necrons because I love the revive mechanic and the fact that he got so mad that Gauss weapons at the time got like bonuses against vehicles. So between that and the scarabs, you could just murder. A vehicle army and the wraiths. Oh, the the old wraiths where like if you failed, if you rolled a six on like a strength on like a test, mm-hmm. uh, the wraith just booped you out of existence. What? Oh, that was the uh, that was the old school gun. That's all hell broken. Yeah, the, the old heck? school transdimensional beamer. Yeah. So I scr- I rolled it up to a Castellan, and just he rolled a he rolled a one. On the test, you rolled a one, <laughs> and back then on strength tests, he, no matter what your strength was, a one was an auto what? fail. Yeah, <laughs> so he rolls a one, and the night and the night just goes boop, <laughs> just one little wraithy boy with a gun just dropped a knight instantly. Yeah, my favorite so, old school Necron rule was scarabs because scarabs have always been near and dear to my heart in terms of the Necron like models and. Before, swarms were never kind of a, like, they were kind of just what they were called, but they never had proper rules for them. So before, they were actually using the jet bike rules. Yes, I remember. What is the jet bike rules? So like right now, like scarabs can move like 10 inches and you can advance like six inches. But before with like jet bikes, jet bikes had a special rule that if you like advanced, you just doubled your movement. And before, scarabs could move 12 inches. What? Oh. Yeah. So you had scarab 24 bases. 24-inch scarab scarabs that are just shooting across the board. <laughs> so funny. That sounds like a whole lot of fun. That sounds like anti-fun. Yeah, they were bad. They didn't have, like, reanimation protocol. They were just there to be, like... I, they literally were there just to tie up units like my favorite thing to do was when i played against tau players and be like oh those are where your broadsides are 
my scribes are going to go over there and charge you. <laughs> and then just tie them up for the entire game. Goodness. It was so funny. Scarabs are one of the reasons I, the reason I fell in love with Necrons outside of Scarabs was Trollzine the Infinite. Oh my lord, Trollzine the Infinite. The Indiana so, Jones of the 40k universe. That belongs yes, in so, my museum. <laughs> my <laughs> museum. That belongs in the museum. This, uh, listen to how this used to work. So I would use emphatic obliterator, which was his weapon. Anything within like three or four inches that shared the name with the model you just hit also took the wounds. <laughs> so imagine me walking up to a squad of like 20 orc boys. Okay. Uh-huh. I hit one of them. All the orc boys take the wound. Okay, it was balanced. It was so it was so it was crazy. Trazine could one shot like a squad of twenty orc boys. That, wow, that's by himself. So balanced. <laughs> but the and thing you was, is know like, what happened? Like mm-hmm. you think it's unbalanced, but he wasn't the most competitive choice. What? <laughs> it was Emotech. It was Emotech. Oh, Emotech was one of the competitive choices, and then you also had a. Uh, Old man Zandra. I'm sorry, what edition codex is yeah. this? This sounds like insane. Seventh. Fifth seventh and seventh edition Jesus. stuff. Like, it's yeah. all like hell. This all changed in eighth. Oh, yeah, it's all changed. Um, like, none of this stuff exists oh, and anymore. Then my personal favorite, uh, Trazine, every time he died. So you would roll Trazine with like 20 Lich Guard. Because right. every time Trazine died, oh. you could replace a Lich Guard model with Trazine. With how many and wounds you were back left, and I think Lich Guard had like a wound, so you'd essentially have a bunch they of had two. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah you could just like constantly respawn Tracing every time he died. He's like the true gamer. It's like there's no death for him. It's only oh, respawns, it only extra lives. It was. He was the Dark Souls of Necron. It so it's literally like funny. how many one-ups do you yeah. have in your pocket? Mm, twenty Lich Guards. That means twenty. Yes. <laughs> how many wounds do you have? Yes. <laughs> Uh, but the Emotech, uh, if you rolled a, you would roll for every unit before the game started, and on a six, that unit was destroyed. So I would just like bop dreadnoughts and hellbrutes with Emotech. Balanced. <laughs> it was Working but the thing is, everything was so everything was so crazy unbalanced that it worked. It's bad enough that hellbrutes <laughs> are terrible in my codex, in my personal opinion. No, helmets are they oh, suck. Man. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Like You're were they Publix? ever good? Like, were they ever good actually? Uh no. Uh seventh. Seventh. Like dreadnoughts and like monsters, like dreadnoughts were strong, but the thing in seventh was monsters were like the ultimate like oh. tanky unit. Right. Because before all damage was just one damage. The last cannon only did one wound. Like, bolters only did one wound. So, but you had, like, with tanks and vehicles, like Dreadnoughts, they had, like, their, their own damage chart. So you theoretically could one-shot a vehicle. But when it came to monsters, you could never one-shot them. So you had to have enough anti-tank shots just to take down a monster. It's it, That's where demons got a lot of their popularity in 6th and 7th. Sixth, uh, sixth edition demons is re- largely regarded as one of the worst codex ever created. Because how unfun um, was? How oppressive it was? Yes, <laughs> it was the. It's regarded as the most broken and unbalanced book that GW has ever put out. Oh. Um, fun fact, uh, Luke, guess who wrote it? Uh, the guy who wrote Space Marines, uh, Ultramarines. Yes. He wrote it for 6th edition or 7th edition, 6th and 7th for uh, fantasy as well. And that book is also considered one of the most unbalanced books to ever be created. Uh, look at me. They had an ability called Lash of the Master where mm-hmm. you can move an opponent's model 6 inches. What? Okay. I remember that rule. That was so asinine yeah so yeah the demons you would just field a bunch of monsters so they can't kill them and bellicor and the monsters are just moving your models around the table oh, amazing. <laughs> like i said 
balanced. <laughs> yeah. That's where you get to Bellacor, the dark master, is he would move models around the table. Yeah. But um, my, I think the boogeyman list was kind of similar to like what orc buggies were uh, before, like last year. But like in seventh edition, it was the Imperial Guard parking lot. What? Oh my god, that was eight. What is that? What is that? <laughs> so for, for the non-educated? Non, non Non-educated. So essentially the Imperial Guard parking lot was you took uh Wyverns, which is your like artillery tanks, yeah. and you essentially have a bunch of chimeras parked in front of it to screen for it and because it was indirect fire uh-huh. you can never charge it because you have to charge through the chimeras and there was no piling in so once you charge and if you destroy it you just sat there and get shot to bits <laughs> what made it even worse was um you would take the imperial landing pad uh-huh. and you would stick all your tanks on top of it and it had a rule that if you had the shields down or shields up, but it always had the shields up. So all of the tanks had a four up invulsive. Wait, what? Yeah. That's an actual time when the Imperial like IG had like invulsives. Yeah, you yeah. just you you would take this piece of wow. terrain uh, and you pay for it. And then you put all your tanks on top of uh-huh. it with shields up and they would have a four up invulsive. You couldn't charge them because you have to charge through the chimeras. Uh-huh. And then all of the artillery would just keep shooting you. Jesus. So, and you couldn't hide because it's it didn't need line yeah, of sight. So, freaking wyverns with the yep. big ass missiles. Uh, <laughs> the the best one was uh the old earth shaker cannons. <laughs> oh yeah, earth shakers. So, uh, death so missiles. literally, earth earth shakers were the best thing because rock Luke. Do you know what the range on an old earth shaker was? 120. It's uh, like big. Worse. Wait, what? It was worse. Worse? 420. Worse. 500. 69, 69, 69. <laughs> worse. What, is it infinite? Jesus. Is it infinite? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and it actually had a rule for shooting other players' tables. Jesus. What? <laughs> it had a rule in other players' games. Oh my god, I, I know that Earth Shaker cannon was a big ass cannon with like big, like. Wait a second, <laughs> what? <laughs> Explain. Explain. Oh Justin, come over this, please. ASAP, I demand an explanation. It, it, it did exist. Like, because it was during the time when the Apocalypse was like a thing. Uh, the, like the, the big generation of yeah. Apocalypse is kind of very different from what it was before. The old school Apocalypse was just a generally just a larger 40k game, uh-huh. but it had like fluffy in quotation mark rules that would like you wouldn't run in a normal like 40k competitive thing because having an infinite range meant really nothing when you're only playing on a like, six by four foot table. Right. And if you're playing competitively, you're only playing against the player across from you. But it did have rules where you could be like, yeah, I'm going to go shoot at like another table that's playing a like a narrative game. What? Like if it was part of the same narrative. And <laughs> yeah, there was like funky rules like that a long time. Like, Imagine you're playing your um, crusade and like, guys, this is the but, final thing. I'm going to just chill. And then, excuse me, I'm going to ever show my Earth Trigger Cannon to that single model or that home objective. Because... Screw them in particular. <laughs> you just get a text. Hey, I shot your I shot your guys off the objective from from oh. the intro. <laughs> oh. Like one of my favorite like interactions when like apocalypse was a thing was they had um a vortex grenade that was like a relic you could buy yes. like a random vortex like grenade. character. Like anybody, any character could have it. Like Necrons, Chaos, like Tyranids technically could take it too. But my favorite thing was uh, the veil was still kind of a thing, but it was more of a rule on a character as opposed to a relic as it is right now. Uh So I would have a character with the veil, like deep striking um, ability, and he'd take a vortex grenade. And my one of my, like, I think it was like my second or third game. Like I did that and I deep struck and there was like no nine inch. You could be like one inch away from like your you had scatter enemy. die. 
Yeah. So I deep struck next to a Warhound Titan, which had like an entire company of space marines right. underneath right. it. I tossed the vortex grenade at the Warhound. It went apocalyptic explosion. And what that means, like what? back in that day, is like if it did that, <laughs> like anything dies. with a certain amount of inches just died. No save, no nothing. Oh. Okay, let me Warhounds, it was like it was like 24 inches. All right. Yeah, it could go up to 24 to 36 inches. So it killed pretty much all of the Space Marine company. It killed my character and it killed the Warhound. But Necron still had the reviving rule, so I had to just roll a dice and my warlord came back up. Right, 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 okay, right, right. I, I get it. But <laughs> let me get this straight. So your warlord or your character literally just like zoop into like a freaking like Titan and with like a bunch of Marines there. And he just like yeeted a freaking grenade and just everything died. And everything died. (laughs) Statistically, it should have happened because you had to roll like a certain like number of like dice rolls, but it did happen. And then my warlord got back up and then I was just like, my work's done. (laughs) It was a also then there was the days of Necrons where you could run monoliths because they were heavy support slots. Oh really? Uh, don't don't remind me. My monolith, my babies. And you, they would fl- they would fly, but you had uh, they could also a revive entire companies of Necrons what? and cause and let people deep strike uh-huh. without scattering. They would just you could wa- roll up this massive tank, and then just a whole bunch of warriors would walk out of it. Jesus. It was so funny. That, <laughs> that is actually Teslas. a rule that I kind of wish they brought back especially with the new ninth edition stuff for necrons uh-huh. like yeah because like what nick was saying is like if a certain amount of warriors died like you could get some back but if you teleported through a monolith you would actually get another roll uh for all of your dead models so it gave the monolith back then a lot more utility that's why you would see a lot of it because its guns were still kind of okay like they are right now I mean, but, but it also didn't like take whole damage though scary, so. Yeah, but it, was, it, it, was it the gave only it a little bit more utility than just like a transport vehicle. Like having it act like yeah. another resurrection orb because you are paying a premium because they were expensive back then and they're still expensive now. It's just you don't get as much utility out of monoliths. That's why you don't really see them in competitive scene. Uh, but before they, they were an actual legitimate like competitive choice just because of the utility that they did bring. Yeah, I love monoliths. The monoliths um, are amazing. But, the redesigned ones are amazing. The rules and the points and the slot selection is terrible. <laughs> yeah. The fact that you have to t- spend six CP to take three of them. Yeah. I still I still want to go back to the days. I want heavy support monoliths because I want them to get dynastic codes and I want to give them obsec. Because I did the math. You know how big an objective is? 150 millimeters. Ooh. You know how big a uh, a monolith base is? Okay. 160 millimeters. <laughs> I am the objective. <laughs> like I- you can actually put a park a monolith on an objective, and no one else can touch it until they move the monolith. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it's it, the dumbest thing. It was like a very old school tactic because that was the original Silver Tide. You take just a bunch of warriors, your two required characters, right. and then you just take three monoliths. That was your that was your that was your yep. thing. You played because you were. It was an attrition game. You didn't do as much damage, but you did enough damage to kind of whittle the opposing armies down. And you had the revivability, the um, kind of the toughness to kind of deal with it uh-huh. and you had the monoliths to kind of bring guys back yeah. so that was kind of like yeah. how it was a very attrition based strategy right. it was a very like yeah. tanky turtle type of strategy but it was a legitimate strategy because everything else out of the like out of the book wasn't really that great at that time it was really just warriors were good uh-huh. monoliths were good and you had to take your lords and that was it okay. yeah or you could be me and take all the Lich Guard just so you could run Trazen around the board and just tick people off. <laughs> just them all. But speaking off, speaking of attrition playstyle, uh, the league is going on right now, and her I'm playing Justin's famous attrition Necrons, <laughs> uh, barring a lot of models from Justin. Looking at your race right now, Justin, they're safe. 
<laughs> don't break them. <laughs> what you let uh, him borrow? Actually, the funny enough, these are what? the these what are the ones done? I built. These are the ones I built, and I forgot well, that I put one of them together with plastic glue, not super glue, and he fell apart when I took him out. I'm like, oh. oh. <laughs> it's well, okay. I have some interesting news. No, he news fell apart at the joint, that. so I just put him right back. I mean, we have the yeah, we have the league going on. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the league. I just want to mention something very interesting. So this Sunday, uh, I think the time that the BBC is coming up is happening right now. If you're listening live, we have a tournament this Saturday, Sunday. This Sunday, we have the, we the Korean Masters tournament, which is the results of the league. Yes, as you as just mentioning, uh, this is the the league we're running right now is the league number three. This is the third uh, season of the league. Mm-hmm. Two seasons already concluded. And as a way to like commemorate, like to kind of celebrate the players, uh, Justin, Remy, and Sue, they kind of like made this Masters of Korea Invitational tournament. Instead of doing the finals like we did last time, it's going to be, you know, the pick up the eight best scoring players in the last season, you know, and bring them all Plus into rock. an all out. <laughs> and uh, so this is happening this, uh, this uh, Sunday. So yeah, this was a brainchild from Remy. Uh, mm. So this was something yeah. that he kind of worked with Sue initially. Mm-hmm. Um, like this was a little bit outside of what I was doing because this was like Remy's initial like um, selection was just actually based on the ITC scoring points for all of our events, not just the league. All right. Oh, that's actually interesting. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of the people that got invited were based on like, like, like with you, Luke, you were fourth. Yay. So obviously you qualified me. for it. Wait, what? Don't remind me he was fourth. He just, salty. He, he just not happy that he keep keeping the, the fourth place. Yeah. <laughs> I, so. I don't even want first. I just don't want to be behind Luke. Sorry, go on. Sorry, Justin, continue. Yeah, so um, this was something that Remy kind of... Um, came up with and it's something that like i think is kind of going to be like our hopefully like our yearly kind of end of the year grand event and stuff like that too to kind of close out the season um unfortunately i know that a lot of the people that were initially on the list because of obviously life reasons like and with the current pandemic that's going on and stuff like that too it made it really difficult to kind of schedule with a lot mm-hmm. of different people, but out of everybody that's going to the event, they're all still good players. And uh, Luke, I know you're playing. Uh, I know Nick is playing. I think Rock is no, playing no, no. too. Yeah, but uh, unlike every other play in that event, I, I need to everybody inform that I am playing three armies at the same time. Whatever. And be, I, I'm, gonna, Whatever. I'm gonna be playing <laughs> on my first game. I'm gonna be playing at two tables, and then the rest of the day, I'm gonna be playing at three tables at the same time. Now, I, uh, how, you might be wondering, I how playing... am I able to achieve this feat of inhuman <laughs> power and, and such a feat without being omnipresent? And the answer is simple here. Uh, I'm going to be playing Mega Studies, and at the same time, Nick here, who is going to prove a point, is gonna, he's borrowing my Death Guard army <laughs> <laughs> with my optimized, my final version of optimized engine list. I don't know if it's optimized, but it's just something I wanted to try to see if this is better. And also, Rock is playing. So you already know, Rock. I'm proud of you. You, are, I, I always counter you as my proxy for testing the uh, stuff. So, kudos on that. But not only Nick is worrying my entire army, Rock is borrowing models from me. So I have, I have my armies on the table, playing three times at the same time. So yeah, that is a thing, folks. Well, wait, 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 hold on. Let, let me just add in the... like one small detail or something like that. Like, yes. Um, other so prevent me from borrowing, borrowing some of the models or something like that to test something out or i guess for this event uh i am actually designing my 3d models of the blight hollers but i am making my own conversions so basically it's i just made everything and also like it's very unfortunate that i was expecting like uh non-tau players to be there and like after like rescheduling of the event, there are like two more tile player. They just appear out of nowhere. So I'm kind of 
Uh, I'm kind of screwed here. <laughs> What's my list? That's a failure of your list making. <laughs> you should always plan on every every faction being there. But I, Don't worry, <laughs> I, I'm feeling the dread of the title there as well. So, well, you. Rock, you you put an illegal model into your list, so I don't think there's a ton of thought going in here. Hey, I didn't know legends were illegal. <laughs> it literally says legends, and if you look at it, it says this model is not legal for standard play. I was like, <laughs> wait, I was like, oh, there's a unit that makes it real hits on my demon engines. Oh, why don't I just yeah. something? Rock's like, Rock's like, oh, this is so good. Why is no one playing it? And then we saw it, we're like, oh, Rock, do you think if that thing was legal, we would have been playing it? No. The, 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 the big moment of happening was I was just talking to Rock and said, Rock was just like, Look, anyways, have you seen this model? Doesn't do something crazy. Rock, that's illegal. But, but you anyways, think back, you to the, anyway, go uh, back to the league. I want to talk about the league because um, we can talk about the uh, right, right, right. tournament next week. Right, right. Um, but I want to talk about the league. And Justin, what uh, came about with this? How'd this um, come out? Come about? So. We're, back in my original play group, um, we had some we had like weekly leagues uh, that we did, um, and then we had two different versions. So we had the local game store one that we would run, um, that was like a six week like matchups with anybody that showed up and that was on the initial list, and then we had something called the Masters League. Uh, Masters League, and it's still going on right now. So. Uh, it's essentially a pod system type of league. So um, it works a little bit better uh, with people if they're in the same city. We've kind of had to modify it for Korea, but essentially it's a promotion and demotion type of uh, league. So everybody gets drafted into pods. Um, and then based on if you're a new player coming in, you'd start at like the lowest pod and eventually just have to work your way up into like the um, higher tier pods and then based on your performance from the previous leagues if you've been in for quite a bit of time it would promote you or demote you depending on how well you did during that league uh to bring perspective i think they have almost like 60 plus players currently ongoing in that uh, master's league 60? Uh, yeah six six zero sixty jesus Christ. yeah so they have a bunch of pods where it's like with us we have uh six pods currently Five. ongoing right now we have a sub pod yeah. in pod one and so that's two pods and then we have our tabletop simulator pod and then we have our like regional pods obviously i can't do the promotion and demotion system because with the master's league that we were running in san diego all of the players were in like in the San Diego city area. Whereas with this pod, we're in the Korean country area. So it makes it a little difficult for people to try to make games. So yeah. it's a little bit more regional, kind of similar to like your sports teams, like uh, NFL and like basketball in the United States. Like you have certain teams located to certain regions and then they would play those teams and play people outside of their divisions as well. Um, with us, it's just people playing within the divisions, but and that's kind of how it goes. What kind of started it for me is like I wanted to kind of do something for the community that one would keep 40K uh, ongoing even if I was to leave, but at the same time kind of like make something to look forward to. Because like before it was like we just have like our one-day events and we'd have to wait for those or we'd schedule pickup games. But I wanted something that was a little bit more consistent in terms of, oh, like I have a league game this week, like, or I can schedule a league game next week. So something to look forward to in between events and something that like would also help us interact with newer players or existing players in a more casual setting. Because the events, it's very okay, this is your first game, then you got to go to your second game, and then you got to go to your third game. There's not a lot of time for, like, um, meet and greets and then, like, getting to know the players and stuff like that, too. Right. League system kind of um, rectifies that where you can play a competitive game or you can play a casual game depending on who you're playing with, um, but at the same time, you're going at your guys' own pace. So you can 
you can talk, you can converse and like interact with each other in a more casual setting. Oh, it's interesting. Uh, the league ranking thing, it's quite an interesting thing. And and uh, and I see the issue. Thank God they have the TTS because last season I had a game with someone who was uh, a couple of four hours away from here. I uh-huh. definitely could have not been able oh, to yeah. go and play with him. Same for him. So we ended up doing our game on TTS. Of course, uh, things could be different, but it was much convenient because at least I didn't have to worry about models, you know, and so on. They would just get in there and do it, you know, quite simplified. Yeah. Yeah, and part of the reason why I wanted to make this league very casual is like, because like, especially with the GW system, like there's the 10 points for painting because we have tabletop simulator and everybody has life and things like that too. And we're all in different areas. Everybody's not at the same pace. So I wanted to keep it very casual in the Masters League in like where I'm from like painting was part of it. So you needed painted models. You can't just go with unpainted models. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Plus, uh, it makes sense, it allows, especially if it's know, more lenient. Mm-hmm. It, allow, it allows people, you know, who are just getting into the game or like me, I'm playing my new army and I'm still working out lists. So I'm constantly introducing new models to my armies. I don't have times to, you know, between working, you know, a couple jobs and doing 40 create. I don't have time to constantly be building and paint to constantly be painting, but I can build the models up to be played. So it's yeah. really, really helpful for me. Convenient, yes. All right. Yeah. And that's one of the key things too about the league too, is like with the way that it's structured, you're locked to your army in terms of like your factions. So like if I chose like I'm playing in the league right now and I'm locked to my sisters. But I'm not locked to, like, say, Bloody Rose or, like, whatever the factions are. Um, Like, Space Marines are kind of, like, the oddball out because there's so many different supplements for, like, the specific Space Marine chapters. Yeah, you're locked to one book. Each chapter is its own army, essentially. Whereas, like, Sisters and Orcs and, like, Death Guard, it's, like, one book of, like contain rules company but you're never locked to lists so you can always experiment you can try random stuff like with my sisters i'm more of a bloody rose player but maybe one week i'm like hey i want to try something else so i'll play maybe like valor's heart or Argent shroud and see how that goes just to try something new and like kind of help with the um, cause everybody here, we like, we all like to build lists, right? right? So part of it is testing those lists out, but sometimes we're like, it's hard, difficult to kind of schedule games and like pick up games. But in like, li- at least with this setting, it's like, oh, this is like a setting where I can try to do something and yeah. see how it works. It works right. in more than one way. way. Yeah, it's exactly. super helpful. Because, you know, like Luke and I love testing lists. Uh, and then Rock just gets to profit from the fruits of our labor. Excuse so me? It's actually I, kind of a way for everybody. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bushing aside. But no, okay, sorry. Bushing aside. The All fun right. thing about the, 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 the league and then you said the flexibility of making lists is that uh, uh, it's a good and a bad thing because list tailoring, it's a thing. And some armies are going to get pretty uh, hindered by that. But at the same time, it's hilarious, especially when someone expects you to bring something. And that happened to me with the engine stuff. I've been playing engines. Everything's engines, engines, epidemics, 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 epidemics. I'm playing Outback. My opponent, I love you, Tony, he brought everything to tear to tear down my all my engines in one go. And I say, and then, hey, Tony, I hope you're ready for my engines. I am. Good, because I brought none. And then I just dropped 80 box walkers on the, on the field. And then he just looked at me like... I hate you. <laughs> and that's you know despite me doing so well in our events i don't do well in the league because normally uh demons are really good into all comers list but they suck if you can tailor against them and that's yep. what happens to me so i'm playing necrons now because i want something that i can now tailor and can be played in multiple different ways it allows me to explore my army further because I am playing melee variants. I'm playing aggressive. I'm playing passive. You know, I get to play around a lot more. It also um, I definitely helps feel that like you have I have access more tools to my army. <laughs> that is too, true. I don't have to go buy, you know, 20 flayed ones and 15 rays. 
I have, you know, my fair share of models. I have, uh, personally, I think I have about 5,000 points in Necrons, but there's yeah, certain you- like key things missing, like, uh, raids or, you know, I'm missing yeah, mostly raids and flayed ones are what I'm missing right now. Yeah. You have a very good collection of Necrons, but like the fact that like, and that's kind of the thing too, it's like, it's very casual. So if you really want to try stuff, like, like you're like you guys are doing with um rock and with luke like oh you're using luke's models and stuff like that too or luke can use your models that's that's something being like i've never and it helps because 40k is a very expensive game we all know this right but the fact that like with the league you'd be like i've always wanted to try this model who do i know that has this oh wait luke has it hey luke can i borrow this for a game because i really want to try it because i have this like list Thing that i want to try out mm-hmm. and that's that's more than like um fair because it's like one it gives you experimentation with lists but it also also gives like players the opportunity to try certain things if they have access to it maybe not within their own army but like if christoph is playing necrons and be like hey i don't have a void dragon but i've always wanted to try i'm like sure, yeah sure if you want to borrow it that's fine and then kind of test it out and see how it goes. Because, like, again, it's the casual setting. If I wanted a competitive, like, league, I would have put rules in to say that you can only use models in your collection. Right? Or, your, you know, all your mo- army, like, your whole detachment must match. Yeah, match. And then like at actual, that point, you'd like be putting in the painting restrictions and then, like, things like that, too, just to make it, like, super competitive. But the... People that want to play competitive will play competitive. The people that want to play casual will play casual. But part of the what I want with the league is the open conversation that you're going to have with your opponent because you schedule your games. So that's already initial conversation. So as you're talking to your opponent, you'd be like, hey, I'm really just a casual player. So can you like I know you're probably going to win, but can you like not raffle stomp me like and that's part of the conversation that you'd be having. Yeah, obviously we're all playing to win, but at the same time, I'm like, like as an example in our pod, like I have to play Sean. Sean is a brand new Necron player, and he's he literally just owns getting in four squads of warriors. Yeah, he's never played in an event. He's just jumping into like, I feel really bad because he has to play me, Nick, and Sue. So. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> three of the top but, five players yeah yeah so but because i know that he's a brand new player i'm not going to take my competitive list against him this might be the game where i'm just going to be like you know what i want to try something new like i'm going to try something like off the ball and see how it goes and like just have a fun game with him because like especially with me like i'm i i do play competitively but I use the league as a way to be like play fun casual games because my yeah. competitive comes out when we're doing the team or like when we're doing the events uh, for our normal stuff. Yeah, I'm a. It was, this is also good for me, you know, having Sean around because it's teaching me how to chill. Yeah, like the joke with me is, and they shall he shall know no chill because you even told me I play a. Uh, for people that don't know, I play the ringer for being assistant commissioner. That's part of my job is if a game has to be finished and there is nobody available to finish it, I roll out to that, to that location and I'll play the game. And they always tell me whenever I'm leaving, Nick, don't loot, don't roll over, but don't stomp them. Like chill out. Don't stomp them. I'm like, okay. And so I can like rock up and, try to contain but you know i have to build it's helped me figure out how to build lists that are just entertaining rather than you know optimizing every ounce of my army yeah it's entertaining to face three three keepers of secrets right always 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 (laughs) i I have fun with that you still haven't gotten the worst of my demon list i think i think i I faced the worst by the fact that i haven't like i couldn't leave my deployment zone because like I couldn't score any primary. I scored zero in primary in that tournament, okay? I think I... That was the tame version. That was the tame list. <laughs> Thank God. But, the, yeah, that was a tame one, Rock. Yeah. Well, back in the... the, oh, the yeah, thing. I, I'm happy that uh, I'm happy that you set the things up. Mostly because uh, I've been playing a lot of stuff, and now 
as, as you mentioned, it's a breather thing. I, I'm not playing my Delgar. I, I love Delgar, but I'm not playing my Delgar. I'm playing Custodes. So I gotta, I need to get yeah. used to this thing. So one way or another, it's like force myself to play a different game. Feels like a refreshing. I don't have to worry about being super the, extra The league. Unless I'm facing nice certain people. The league is just a, is a nice, uh, uh, like, you know, fresh air <laughs> for the whole thing. My God. And yeah. Yeah, and I want to see what's next in the whole thing. Uh, mostly events, uh, especially after the corona case restrictions are done. Because there are, I know there are big plans being cooked out for major events. And the most important thing about the league, especially the latest two iterations of the league, that I really like what you did with this, Justin, is that we managed to reach out the Korean players. So slowly yes. we are simulating the Korean uh, player base mm -hmm. into this, even though we have the language barrier. It's, uh, of course, it's still there. It's a bit odd, but kind of play the same. So it's nice to have the variety coming up. Because uh, last league, I played three people that I never played before. Two of them were Korean. Like, oh, that's nice. And, yeah. and one of the guys who not great. only was great with English, but he never knew about TTS. I introduced him to TTS. We played our TTS game. And he was delighted. So now he discovered, oh, I can do this now. I can play more games. And now he just hooked up playing more stuff on TTS as well. So it opens yeah. up to not only new people, but also new tools to someone who is not yeah. aware of and that's, it. Right, and right. that's great. So, like, but yeah. oh, wait, hold on. All right, are you going to... Sorry, wait, is it my turn? Go ahead. Do I get the speaking ball now? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I will permit it. <laughs> okay. Okay, so as Justin says, like, when it comes to, like, League or something like that also, like, testing on new stuff, and, yeah, sure, like... In like in players' perspective, like we do want to win or something like that, but at some time, you know, you just want to like try something on you also, or like literally just go meme. Yes, go meme also. So in my first two league game, I play that I did play against Custodes. I first faced against Luke, and the second game was with Martin. I did try out my two meme lists or something like that. The first meme list. Um, I think I could have had a shot, but like, damn, Luke's um, list building or whatever you want to call it is like. Pretty good. It, it, no, it was not the list. It was the tactical. But go on. Yes, uh, it's very yeah. It's actually I did enjoy like both games. Like I hmm. did, I was I actually yeah. managed to win with the meme list. So out of like the five games I played against Custodes, I lost all the games with Death Guard, but uh, I managed to pull a win with a meme list. So I was like. Wait, what? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That was pretty good. <laughs> I was like, what the heck is this? But yeah, I'm definitely glad that we all got to give our... We all enjoy the league, yeah, Justin. We all love it. Fun. It's great Meeting for all of people. us. Great for the community. And once once again, thank you so much for setting it up. Um, but I think that's all my thoughts on this for tonight. Uh, what about you, gentlemen? I am good, sir. I'm just glad that uh, Justin joined us today. We could talk a little things. Also, in the meantime, while we were like chatting, I was kid bashing, so that was relaxing. Right. <laughs> so, yes. um, in nice. my case, I'm just recouping my reformat computer. Um, kind of sad day, but uh, I had a great time with Justin, hearing like uh, with his like 40k life and his life also, and especially with his dice, uh, with the dice that he has blessed me with the neural die or something like that. Um, I was I actually did. Pull some like a lot of sixes with those sizes. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it is blessed. Yeah. Once again, thanks again for coming on, Justin. Yes. Uh, you know, may the emperor watch over all of us, or the four, or the four great chaos gods, whoever you choose to follow. <laughs> and uh, good night, then. and have bless. a wonderful night. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye. Bye.